Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today's episode is episode number 200. Pretty crazy, pretty awesome. Stoked we're here. Uh, our topic for today is the Angular CDK uh, data tables. So let's get into it. Let's say hi to our panelists, and then we'll meet our guests, and we'll learn about our topic. Joining us today, we've got Bonnie Brennan. Bonnie, what's going on? Hi, how are you doing? Good to be here. I am doing great. It's good to have you here, as always. Mike Brocky's with us. Mike, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Excited about today's topic because it's something that I'm hoping to get some time at work to play with soon. So a little cool. inside scoop, a little preparation. <laughs> nice. 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 And our guest today is Zach DeRose. Zach, how's it going? Hey, everyone. Doing, doing great. This has been a cool day. <laughs> awesome. We are stoked to have you here today. Um, Zach, why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself uh, and let them know who you are? Sure. Um, so I am a lowly Angular developer. <laughs> you're not lowly anymore. You work at now. Now you're a rock star. I'm, I'm rocketing in prestige, apparently. <laughs> but um, I, I started out as a lowly Angular developer, um, and I was really interested in NGRX and happened to see uh, Jeff Delaney's channel, who is on us with us on NG Houston. And uh, I really loved his videos, and I got mixed up with the guys at Angular in depth and helped them with an article and was talking with Jeff Delaney about helping him. So doing like writing an article for him that he would then take and make into a video on his channel. And so we did, and uh, I made this one on Angular CDK tables. And that's how, um, <laughs> that's kind of how this, this article came about. And then a little bit while later, um, Narwhal tweeted about hiring people and I sent them my resume and I'm here now. <laughs> so it's, it's been really neat just seeing all those connections kind of like wire up in the Angular community. It's like baffling how cool that is to me. So it's a um, small community. Yeah. And I stumbled well, across you. so many nice people too. So it makes it really easy. <laughs> so I was doing some fancy stuff with the Angular CDK table uh, not that long ago. And I was trying to do something a little bit out of the box that was just a little more advanced than the documentation that I was able to find. And I was trying very hard to find an example of this code that I needed somewhere out there. And I stumbled across your article, which was really close to what I was trying to do, but it didn't exactly answer my question. So I reached out to you and I was like, hey, you're trying to do this thing. You know how to do this thing. And so yeah. we actually had a little bit of a, a uh, then that's how our friendship started because you actually were really cool and you, you you pointed me in the right direction that I needed to go to figure it out. And so, and ever since then, now we're now we're friends. So then I asked you to come on into Houston and talk about that, and and uh, and then we jumped you up here because because it's really great, and I think it was helpful. So I sent you to Justin, the Thanks. big leagues. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You rock. <laughs> well, you rock. Your article was really good. I think it was really helpful. It helped me. That's for sure. Cool. Plus, yeah. it's great when you when you reach out to somebody that you don't know on Twitter, and it's like when you're asking for help with code, like you don't they don't really have any obligation to help you at all. Like, who are you? You know. So it's really great when you when you reach out to somebody and you don't really know what's going to happen, and then they answer, and they're so nice, and you were so nice to me. So yeah. So here we are. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's I, I've really been enjoying watching that article. I actually like Google search it every now and then, just Angular CDK tables. I find I keep like fighting the the official documentation for the top spot <laughs> with that article. But yeah, it's it, it's it's 
it's pretty cool. So it's really neat that you you found that. That's like I think that's like a year old now. But um, yeah, it's 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 cool to see that it's still helpful to people. <laughs> so yeah. And Justin, I'm gonna go put a link in the chat to Zach's article. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Perfect. About, do Do you want to go ahead and we'll get that on screen, uh, Justin? Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Great, share some stuff. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. Am I doing it right? Let's see. Did that work? Yep. You okay. Great. Very cool. Right. Can you maybe zoom in the zoom in a little bit in the yeah? Because yeah. Zach has that massive monitor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff Cross set me up with these massive monitors that I I, I didn't want, but I'm appreciative of. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really awesome. cool. Of them. Um. So so um. This was like just just going back to to me and Jeff Delaney. At the top of the article, here's his video on it that kind of uh, gives a more streamlined view, and uh, the article kind of takes things a bit further in depth. And so, check out the video too um, if you're interested in the topic, because I think he does a Jeff has this amazing talent for taking like a topic like this and condensing it down to like five minutes and making that five minutes really. Great. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, uh, in my article, um, we kind of walk through these three steps. Um, we're going to take you through just the the CDK. Oh, and Jeff Cross is coming by. Let me let me turn off the presentation real quick. What's happening? <laughs> I'm showing stuff. Are you going to work it all today? <laughs> can y'all hear him? <laughs> we can hear him. Bringing out with Bonnie again. Uh, Bonnie and broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to stop the share so you can yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jeff, get it, get the picture. All right, but you're sharing your screen still. Okay, let's see. Oh, there you go. Yeah, stop screen share. Yeah. How do I do that? <laughs> uh, it's on the left hand side and Google. Okay, right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's right down there. Oh, there you go. Good call. There you go. Jeff Cross. Hey. I just emailed Shorty. <laughs> What's going on, Jeff? <laughs> I like Mike. Sorry, Zach's not going to be working. Oh, he probably can't hear us. I have interacted with everybody here. All right, see you later. He says bye. All right. <laughs> bye, Jeff. I hope you didn't so, yeah. have work to do today, Zach. Uh, I do. I'll get it done. The work will get done. <laughs> but yeah, here, let me. Uh, do I have to start up the share again? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna walk through just the Angular CDK table API real quick. Then we're just gonna drop down some Bootstrap um, on top. So the the really neat thing about this the CDK tables is it's it's pretty much you know a material table from the Angular Material Library that's just like stripped of its materialness, right? So it's um, it's it's a table, and it's built the same way as a material table. But you can just kind of apply another. You could put just drop on top a, another CSS framework and kind of spit out this this neat looking table that leverages all the cool stuff that they built for for material tables, which is which is kind of you know what kind of spawned this article, and um, and then we're going to just add some. Um, uh, features on top of that. 
Um, so, so just going into the, the simple table, this, this gift kind of shows where we're going to end up. Um, and we're, we'll skip some of this stuff. We're just kind of setting up a new project and generating a table component and getting our module set up. And here we go. So we're, so this is at the most basic, uh, piece of it. We're going to have a table data source. And for this example, I use a behavior subject, um, which works as a nice, you know, source of truth. Uh, Bonnie, we were talking about like the analogy of RxJS is like this, this machine that's kind of like, uh, like water pipes coming down. So, so the I behavior subject here. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, analogy, I think, and actually, if you have time to, to just review that analogy real quick, I, 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 I mean, at our, at our level, like we are pretty good with RxJS because we do it so much, but there are so many beginners that like, I struggled with RxJS a lot when I yeah. was first learning, like I was trying to wrap my head around it and same thing with NGRX. And I think that analogies, especially like your plumbing analogy, it just helps. Some people are very visual and that, that kind of stuff helps me a lot rather than just reading yeah. all the text, you know? Well, it's so cool because, you know, when RxJS 6 came out, they kind of came out with that, that way of combining your operators together with the pipe. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just kind of take your, your observable to dot pipe and then put on some operators in a list below. And I feel like that really solidifies the metaphor, right? Because it's like, here's your, this behavior subject we've got here. This is kind of like our water main, right? Like this is our source of truth that we're, we're throwing data into. And then we're going to take this source of truth and we're going to kind of manipulate it. And we're going to do that by piping on an operator. It's kind of just like a, a little pipe coming off of that main. We're going to do stuff, some stuff to it. We're going to maybe change the data format a little bit. We're going to sort it or filter it, and then it's going to come out. And we're going to so that's kind of our pipes. And then we got to turn on the faucet by subscribing, and that kind of has our data flow in the way we want it, the way we built our machine to give it to us. Um, I love it. Don't yeah. forget, Zach, your monitor is huge. You always have. To oh yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> is, is that good? <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So, so, so this is this is like us right now setting up that water main. So right now we've just got. Um, I'm I'm using heroes. So this this is from like a, one of my side project games, uh, characters from that game. So I I just pulled some heroes from it. So it's like the you know the angular hero demonstration. So here's a hero object up top here. Just a name. You got some types and you got some stats on him. And here's another hero object. Um. And he's got his own stats. And we're also going to have, and, and this is something, if I, if I was doing this again, I'd probably change. But I made the displayed columns as a behavior subject too. And this is kind of where, in a lot of places here, I, just from, this is when I was getting more set up with RxJS. I feel like behavior subjects are a great way of kind of like delving into it and getting into it at, at first. Um, it's like a nice way of kind of cheating a little because with a behavior subject, you can always just do dot value and that'll just like synchronously give you the value that's being held inside of the behavior subject. So it is an observable too. So you can still subscribe to it or, uh, throw on a pipe async, uh, to it. And, um, but yeah, you can, you can do everything that you could do to an observable to the behavior subject. So, um, 
before so, you move on, I have a real quick question. So, yeah. so you, you have two different uh, behavior subjects here or observables, however you want to uh, structure your data or however that's coming sure. through. But uh, you have one that's your data and one that's the columns. Is that a hard requirement of the CDK, CDK data table that those two types of information are separate observables? I know that some uh, data tables um, and from some frameworks uh, uh, that I've used in the past where the first record ends up being the column names mm -hmm. and then the data uh, follows. Is the separation something that's uh, set with the CDK data table? Right, so so with the, the CDK data table API, um, you can pass in, so there's, there's like a data source in our table. I think I have it right down here. Maybe look at it. Yeah, so there's the data source for our table and that can be an observable, but it, that can also just be an, an array as well, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So you can do an observable, and the observable is nice because it kind of, you can kind of, you know, react thing, act to things, you controlling it with your own machine you built with RxJS to, to pipe that stuff in. That makes sense. Um, and your your columns, I think I'll have columns just a bit further here. So you'll see I'm doing what I said with the with the behavior subject here, where I'm just taking the value of that synchronously. So I'm really just relying on angular change detection for this. And you could just put you could that displayed columns doesn't need to be a behavior subject or an observable. It can just be an array. Okay. And we could just rely on angular change detection to do that. But what I'm going what I'm what I was attempting to do with this, I think was make it so that when the displayed column changes, it also changes the, the data that gets sent to the, um, to the table data source, which is actually superfluous. <laughs> because um, when you, if you take something out of your array, so let's just say we, we put a new array up there that was missing one of the columns, you can still pipe the same data in and we're gonna, see, we're gonna set up, um, so the, the CDK table, API kind of has you putting these ng container tags in for each one of your columns. So instead of like before I came across the this tool, when I would build a table, it was kind of like I, I would have a ng for loop with on a table row um, tag. And so that would be my way of generating my table where I kind of go row first and then say for each row, here's what each column should look like. Um, the CDK table API kind of takes that and turns it on its head. So we're going to say, we're going to provide these ng containers with the CDK column def um, directive. And that's going to give us, that's going to let us build what our columns look like. And then we just kind of uh, throw the array into the data source here. And that's how we pass the data to the, to the API and it kind of spits out the, the table. Uh, the way we were specifying it to look. So, so you can see in the, the container here, all we're doing is we're saying, here's the table head, and then here's a cell. And the, this row right here is just for, kind of thinking in terms of that ng4 loop, this, this uh, row is just the data at this index, whatever index we happen to be at in the array. And we're just gonna take that guy and we're gonna show his name for here, because we're showing the hero's name inside of this cell. Um, I got a question. Yeah. You, too, as well. um, so I noticed here we got the uh, table tag, the TH and the TD, uh, mm -hmm. just native elements, right, that are part of the HTML spec. Uh, is this something that, and, and then we've got the, I'm assuming maybe directives, but they could be component selectors as well, but like the CDK-table, right, applied to yeah. those. Um, is that something that's the, the workflow for 
the CDK approach to the data table where you're using these, you know, regular elements and with like material design, does it have its own like material design table? Element? Yeah. Yeah. So, so all you got to do to take a CDK table and make it a map table is you just take CDK and replace it with map. And then you, you, you import a different module inside of your module. So, but then it, so then in the, like to do the uh, material table, you're saying like that, um, that directive that's on there, the CDK dash, would just you change that to map. So you'd still be using a table element to create your tables, even if you were using material. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. So and and I was looking into this like with some other thing. They they actually do it where so like for a button, um, they'll have this the component selector be a component that has a, a directive on it like this, or what what looks like a directive on it. So it's it's actually a component, but it looks like a directive. So I think that's what they're doing for tables here as well, um, which I thought was really neat. I, did, I actually didn't know you could do that when I was looking at the material source for this, so. Yeah, so that uh, I really love that about the component selector that you, you're able to do like a attribute selector type of deal with that. So you can put yeah. it on native elements, right? Mm -hmm. um, the one challenge I have with that though is that I think the um, style guide, essentially the, the, yeah. the setup stuff in the Angular CLI has a rule that says you shouldn't do it. You know, oh, should yeah. use custom elements <laughs> for the selector. And so uh, I end up having to like manually turn that off. And I, I've been meaning to ask like, could we maybe switch that by default so people could be uh, know that they can do this sort of thing? Because I think it's really powerful, right? To be, especially be able to use these native elements, but still apply this component structure to it. Yeah, I, I came across that same problem actually. Like I, I was setting up, <laughs> I was working on this project where we were working on buttons and I was setting up some CI for it. And that was the first time I guess I manually ran the linter. And that's when it was like, nope, can't do this. I'm like, but Material does this, what's going on? <laughs> So that was, I, I had to go in and turn that off too. <laughs> so that was, that was, that's really neat that we both had that experience. But yeah. That's um, cool. I, yeah. I, I have a question too. Yeah. Um, and well, first of all, just going to add another point about selectors is that you're not just limited to a single selector. So if you wanted to have, uh, if you were defining something called CDK table or MyFu, yeah. um, you could have that be a component or a tag name, you could have it be a, an attribute, you could have it be a class, any type of selector, you can define multiple selectors delimited by a comma on a component. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so if you want to provide different ways to be able to use your components. Right? Yeah. And, well, go ahead. Well, I, I was gonna say another thing interesting I noticed about the the material stuff was they were so before I looked at this, I thought the only way you added an input to a component was through the the uh, input decorator. They're actually doing it where they have it inside of the component decorator. They specify the inputs and they're actually using mixins to generate all their different, um, the the inputs that you pass in. And so they, they just kind of say, well, this one can disable, this one can do this, this one can ripple. And that's, that's how they kind of pass in those inputs. I thought that was like the neatest thing ever. I, I'm really, I'm really interested in how we can get more like kind of object composition into Angular stuff because I think there's a lot of potential power in there, and uh, I think Victor Victor from Narwhal had an article about some of the stuff with Ivy and how to potentially get some of that stuff more of that stuff in um, where you're kind of composing yeah. elements and, or components instead of just like statically building them with classical inheritance. So, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I did have another question though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to that example that's on your screen now on line six, where you're actually uh, interpolating the row dot name. Mm -hmm. uh, just to be clear, you can do anything you want there. So if by scenario, yeah. I was doing like shipping boxes and in my data, I just had like the length, height and width of the boxes. I can actually do the math to uh, multiply those together to get the volume, correct? Oh, yeah. So I, I have full control over what that is being displayed. I can use pipes and do other different uh, formatting functions within that uh, interpolation to show whatever data I need to or massage the data within there yeah. to be able to do that. So um, so I've done, um, at my previous job, I did a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff we used relied heavily on tables. And one of the things I, I learned from dealing with them so much is it's really helpful to specify like a table model because it, was, it wasn't always the case that we'd always have the same base element that we wanted to show in our table, right? Like some of the objects were a little bit different. Um, like we'd want to show uh, this kind of object, but then this kind of object, and they kind of both have names, but some of them don't have the same properties as the other. So it was always really helpful to kind of um, write some sort of uh, reducer or just converter to convert from that object to the table data model. That, that's just like a TypeScript interface. And then that makes it really easy to kind of do that stuff. So you can do this inside of your templates, right? So you can just say, well, here's my name, here's my column. And you can actually then just put an ng4 on your container here. And then you don't even have to specify a column per each one. You can kind of just say, this is how I want to do it. I've already taken care of you know, what's going to be in each one of these inside of my TypeScript, which I think is kind of nicer too, just separating those concerns. Um, and, then, and then you just kind of let your template be your template, right? So I don't know. Does that make sense, Mike? It, it does, um, which, I mean, you basically have full control over what's being rendered. Um, but as right. Justin was talking about earlier, you have to kind of wrap your mind over the fact that you're defining things on a column by column basis, not on a row by row basis. Exactly, yeah. So I, I think that actually works. That's, that's how I tend to think of <laughs> tables anyways. So it, it, I think that works out really well. Um, so yeah, so so you'll see that a lot of what we're doing in this article is just kind of right now we have this really simple machine, right? Where we're just kind of saying, here's some hero data, and we're going to use that as our data source. And I think the next thing we do is we add like this interesting, trying to make it a little bit more interesting, where we say, you know, here's where we're at now, given the code in that example, this kind of static read-only data. So we're going to add a level up. Uh, button in a, in a new column here. So on the right-hand side, we're going to stick a little level up here, and that's going to uh, level up our heroes, and it's going to increase their stats a little bit. So, um, so that's exactly what we do here. Just add a new ng container here. And we have to, we have to whoops, take this level up column def and add it to our column names. And then we just say, um, you know, here's the button you can see in my cell. Here's the button, and we click it, and we'll level up, and we're just going to pass in the, the hero's name for right now uh, to say this hero is going to go level up. And then... I got a quick question about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, what if like you don't have... Uh, you you want to add another column, but you don't necessarily want to have something in like the column definitions, right? And maybe you're just going to reuse data from something else. Uh, <clears throat> do you need to... Uh, add it to the column def 
for those particular columns? Is that I mean, or to the column, yeah, the definition list or whatever? Right. So, so the the thing that's controlling how many columns you have is that is that columns array, or I guess I'm using a behavior subject in my example here. So, so that's that's what says you know this is this is each one of your columns, and here's a name for it. So it's kind of like indexing each one of those columns. So, so to add a new column, you do have to add something to that array because that's going to determine how many columns you have and and how they're indexed. And so you just pass the index. What you do is you pass the index to the CDK column def. Um, I'm not aware of any other way to to do that. So I, I think that's 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 how you would do it. And then you know you, you still have at, at the row level. So that's kind of column level and then row level. We just use this directive here, the cell def and the header def. I think we could use that too to just say here's the row we're in. That's that one makes sense for the header, but it, it makes sense for the cell. So and then and then our row has the the guy the the guy there and and we just say um, take his name. They happen to map the all the columns I use happen to map to stuff in my previous example. But here with the level up, you can see it doesn't map. The, there's no level up uh, uh, property on my hero object, so it, it doesn't have to be tied that way. But it's just if you're using like the the table model example I was talking about with Mike, that that makes it real nice to to map those so that they're the same name, because uh, then you can use the ng4 to kind of tie everything together. So, and, and just to um, explain something for people who are looking at this for the, for the first time, mm -hmm. that button there on line five, that click event is something that you're handling in your uh, containing component, correct? That's a method right. that you have there. Nothing special within the data table that handles the level up. That's just an event that you can capture yep. to be able to go to that row and do whatever business logic that you want based off of that data. Right. So, so, and that's why I pass in the row dot name. So I know which row we're talking about. So I know which hero we're talking about because each one of our rows is a hero. And that, that's kind of what I do in the next step. So um, uh, before we just had the, the table data uh, behavior subject, but now we're, we're kind of putting a level on top and saying, here's a dictionary uh, of our heroes. So we get sort of the constant time lookup of having a dictionary and you'll see it's, it's indexed by their name which is why we pass the name in up there. And what we're going to do, I think, is we're going to take this behavior subject and I'm going to subscribe to it. And whenever it changes, I'm going to call next on my other behavior subject, which is not the way you want to do this. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Like this is, this is older stuff. And this is where I, you know, when I was talking about relying on behavior subjects, this is this is where I did it, where I probably shouldn't have done it. You want, this, you want this is an example of how to use the CDK data table, not how to utilize RxJS, and and, yeah. and, and that's fine. You're going through <laughs> and you, you're using a structure that works, and yeah. it just may not be the best um, approach for how to use this with uh, RxJS. Exactly, and I, I think I might want to go back since I did this with Body too, like kind of apologizing for my own code. Uh, I, I think I might want to go back and redo my. Uh, my examples here, if I get a chance. But so what you want to do is this, this probably could remain a behavior subject. So this is at the end of the day, your source of truth. And what, what we'll want to do for our table is we'd say it, that would just be an observable. And we define it by saying that observable is equal to this hero's dot pipe. And then we're just going to map it, I think, to start from this dictionary object to an array. 
And that array is what we're going to pass into our data source, and that's going to hydrate our data, and it just kind of goes from there. So it's this, it's this um, going back to that metaphor of the machine with the water pipes, that's what we're building here. It's just as as we add features, our machine's going to get a bit more complicated, but it's also pretty nicely modular, so we can just kind of add a feature. Like we'll see when we add sort and add search, so we're, we're just adding a feature, and that, that usually uh, would map to like... A, adding a new operator onto our inside of our pipe. Um, so so that's what we're doing here. Uh, you'll see table data source. This is where the other behavior subject comes in. And this is where I'm doing the thing I shouldn't do, <laughs> which is subscribing inside of my component and calling next on my uh, on my uh, on my other behavior subject. So it's almost like if, if I'm talking, if we're talking about building that machine, it's like I got two water mains right now, but one's kind of dependent on the other. And I'm, because I'm not using the async pipe, I'm having to manage that subscription by myself. So if I don't unsubscribe from this, it's just kind of, it's going to leak, right? Like it's just going to keep continuing after the component's gone. And I don't want to have that happen. So I got to kind of be mindful of that. It's so much easier to just have it as an observable, just stick it in your template and put an async pipe on that. That that that'll kind of make everything better for you. And that's and that's kind of what happens inside the API when when you use the data source. If you put just an observable in there, the CDK is going to manage that subscription for you so you don't have to worry about it, which is what you want to do <laughs> and and not this. <laughs> but um so yeah, so so that's the way this would look. Um kind of invert this a little bit so it's not using behavior subjects and you can kind of see the, the better path forward. And then we're just going to write our level up function. So here you can see this would just be in our inside of our component. We're going to take that hero name we passed in. We're going to look it up inside of our dictionary. We're going to increment all the stats a little bit and just kind of jam them back in there <laughs> using the uh, using the spread operator. And that's, that's going to make a new object that we're just going to put inside of our source of truth now. So what we're doing is we're kind of adjusting our that that water main to say here's here's the here's the new stuff that's coming down the pipe now. And then when our when our uh, machine's all set up, that's just going to nicely flow, and that's all the code we're going to have to write is just passing this into the the data source directive. And so now you can see. So this is a stack blitz right here. Um, if you're watching on the, if you're on the article, you can just click to follow into stack blitz and see all the code. You can see it working pretty nicely here. So um, next thing we do is we just take that we take the same idea and we're going to apply um, the the Bootstrap CSS framework on top. And so really, what this comes down to, um, you know, I'm I'm just going to gloss over adding the the framework to your library real quick, because uh, I think that's probably better to read. Um, so here's where things start to get a little bit interesting. We're going to have this kind of superlatives um, object that's going to say for for however many heroes we have, let's just uh, determine real quick who that what the highest for each stat is and what the lowest for each stat is. And the, the idea is we can then make the highest one green and the lowest one red. And so what we're going to do right here, we're just kind of building this object every time the hero's data source changes. So remember, our level up is changing that hero's data source. And then that's going to kind of get piped through here. And superlatives are going to kind of populate themselves. And then we'll have a superlatives things to look at 
inside of our data table so we can check is this guy the highest attack yes or no uh if yes make him green if if he's lowest make him red um so so we just we build this superlatives object and using behavior subjects again probably better to use an observable here but we're just going to call next and pass that object in and then we can just apply to each one of our columns this ng class directives onto the cell so this is going to add table success which will make it green if the the superlatives at highest value is equal to the row name so remember we're using the the hero name as kind of our index here and uh same with the the red and I just make <laughs> I make level up a little bit interesting, so it's not just adding one every time in this little piece of code. Um, but yeah, at at this point, like the the superlatives and the stuff like that, that's not really anything that's tied into the data table at that point, right? I mean, it's, right, right. You're just so logic in line in places where you need it, um, in kind of independent of the data table. Exactly. And th that's, that's where kind of like the strength of the API shows, I think, is like, um, really all the all the API does for you is say, you know, give me an observable that contains an array, and then you can do whatever you want to it. Um, so and that's kind of what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big important point, right? Because a lot of times, there'll, there'll be other data table type solutions out there that we'll use. And mm -hmm. if you want to dive in and do things granular like this it's a challenge right because maybe you don't have access to the full template or it's just tricky to get to those pieces and so yeah, yeah it goes really well how it's like okay it's, it's just like you're used to raw html table tags all this stuff and, you, and you're really able to compose what you need but right. then common stuff that we do you know to, to wrap uh repeat those rows and data that's handled for us which is great right, right. Yeah, so it's 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 awesome in that respect because now now all we're building like in terms of what we're talking about, this is all our RxJS stuff. Like we're talking about basic you know application logic inside of the sort of a RxJS mindset, so like a streaming paradigm, and that's all we have to worry about now. Like we don't have to think of this in terms of a table anymore. We can just think of it as well. How do I how do I make an interesting feature to put to build into my RxJS machine? Kind of that's that's all contained inside of this component. So you, you can see um, this is kind of messed up from the when I was showing Bonnie this, but as we as we level this guy up, he's eventually going to be have all the best stats. So he's going to go all green. And if we um, level this guy up, he's eventually going to lose his reds. So they're they're going to go on to someone else who has who will have the new lowest. And so you can see like everything's kind of nicely reactively happening. And the only code we read is the one is the one we is what we looked at. So we just said, here's a superlative um, observable, or kind of just think of it as a stream. Here's a superlative stream, and we're going to kind of combine those things, and that's going to result in this data showing up. And it's really great. <laughs> so basically, your superlatives there are just essentially max and min. But right. like you said, those possibilities are endless, whether or not somebody wants to do standard deviation or some sort of like color scale or anything else that they want to be able to do to relate the data to each other um, to basically turn raw data into information in whatever way makes sense for their application. Right. Like a, another cool application would be like if you just put um, something to select one of these things. And you know you want to highlight other rows that share a property or something like that. That's really easy to do here. You just say here's the selected thing and here's the 
this is a property we care about and let's let's figure out any other row that has that property let's make them a slightly different color so yeah the stuff like that's real easy to do um without just using our table and tr and td tags right right so yeah so um the next the next part of this and this might be getting too too into the weeds for uh you know, a, a, a live talk, <laughs> but we're, we're going to do what, what we do is we add paging, we add searching, we add sorting, and they're each kind of like modularly added to the, to, to the feature set of this table we've already built. And it, it's just like, um, it, if this was properly constructed, it would translate to here, here's a new operator in the pipe. And this is going to you know, this is going to show you for for the given page. We're we're on page one right now, so that means you get items one through five of the array. Versus if you're on another page, you get items you know x through x plus five or something like that. So to to be clear, you have three things listed there: paging, searching, mm -hmm. and sorting. Of those three, which are provided uh, from the CDK data table? So so. I Bonnie was saying she thought there was a way that paging is provided inside of the API. What I do inside of my example here is I'm just using I'm just using RxJS to determine. Um, I, I make a new observable called data on page. Okay. And and then a, a, another observable just called current page. And I'm combining the 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 behavior subject we have from the previous step with the currently selected page to say here's the data on the page right. Now. So it's really, again, nothing about the table API that we're using here. It's just all RxJS. Okay. Um, so, we're just, um, so we're just saying pretty much instead of giving it everything, we're applying a filter to say which index to show. And that's the same with what we're going to do for search. We're going to say if, if it matches the search filter, it gets in the array. If not, it doesn't. And sorting is just sorting that array. Um, so each one of those could easily map to a, just a nice operator here. And, that, and that's not quite how I do it here because I'm using the uh, behavior subjects. But it, I think it translates pretty well. I think I'll be able to update some of this code to reflect that pretty easily. Um, so you can see here, um, so this, that, this is doing exactly what I was talking about. There's a current page. There's a page size. So you could dynamically change that if you wanted even. And then here's the data on page which is going to act as our new table source. Um, so whatever's in this array, just throw it up on there on the table. So it's kind of like we're managing that pag pagination ourselves, right? So yeah, that's, that's kind of what's happening. And you'll, you'll see I'm using combined latest to kind of take all these sources, flatten them down to a single stream, and then subscribing to that again probably not the right way of doing it <laughs> but like you should just probably pipe onto this this combined latest to do stuff uh, and have a new a, some new observable is equal to this so rather than this data page.next being called at the end of the subscribe it would simply be right up here um, this dot data on page is equal to combined latest dot pipe map and then take these three things and do this and return the and return on page. I don't know if y'all followed that. <laughs> it's kind of contrived, but that's that's the way you want to do it. I'll 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 update the code to to reflect that <laughs> soon. Um, so yeah, um, I think as you 
Um, what I do bring in real quick is I take the ng bootstrap pagination component from the ng bootstrap uh, library, and that just gives me pagination. But I'm, I'm doing something really similar with this, right? Like I'm just passing in the behavior subjects, uh, some values associated with it. So here's our collection size is just saying, you know, here's 20, there's 20 total heroes. My current page size, I think, was five, but that could change. And um, you'll notice we're using just dot value on these behavior subjects. So what that's doing is just synchronously taking that value. And that's that's kind of like the, the reason why I used behavior subjects a lot when I started was because you have that option. Um, and now, so now we just have angular change detection kind of working against our behavior subjects so that every time their value changes, or change detection is going to fire and just going to update our inputs to this pagination component. And then um, if the user ever clicks something to change the current page, we're just going to call current page.next, which is also nice about behavior subjects, just kind of being able to inline change what the value is, right? So so that's that's kind of what's going on here. Um, I've got the uh, stack blitz just a bit further down, I think. Maybe I don't do a stack blitz until I have them all. But it's the same idea. I think we kind of went real quick through sorting and searching. And we can see at the end here, we have this nice example where we can still level up our guys. So it's, we, we didn't remove any features. Um, he, they're, they're always being sorted by lowest attack, I think. So that's, that's why they're changing as we go. So that feature is still in place. Um, we can search for... Uh, is that stored icon something that you added? I think it's um, I think it's like Unicode actually. Oops. Right, but is that something that you added, or is that something that the table provided to say, "Hey, you're sorted on that column. Let me go ahead and throw that next to the um, definition." That I believe that's something I added. So I just said, um, so I have like a behavior subject, another one to just kind of control or to remember who the, um, let's see, I think I make this a lot bigger. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Um, so let's see, I think I just have sort direction and sort key. So two behavior subjects, <laughs> probably could just just been one, but we'll, we'll just say, we'll, we'll follow this and say there's two of them. And so I'm pretty sure what I'm doing inside of that header, if I can bring that up, um uh, so here's my header and for each one of these um yep yeah so if if they're if the sort key matches then we're going to say yeah here here's if they're ascending give it the ascending and if they're descending is that backwards i'm not sure but but yeah that's what we're doing there so we're just sticking in the the unicode uh character there based on whether, so if sort key <laughs> is equal to the, the rower or the column we're indexed on as provided by the CDK column def. So if the sort key is equal to that, we know we're going to have to put something in there to reflect that it's what's being, what it's being sorted by. And then we're just using this kind of ternary operator to say, um, Sort if sort direction is ascending, go up. Otherwise, we know it's descending, so go down. So that that's how we're doing that. Cool. <laughs> <Is> that... 
I don't know if y'all were able to follow that or not, <laughs> but yeah, we're kind of getting in the weeds here. Did that, did that make sense to you, Mike? It does. I'm, I'm what I'm also trying to grasp and understand is there's a lot of stuff in this data table that you're showing here right now. And what are the things that you've done based off of your coding and what functionality is right. added by the CDK data table? Right. So, so the, 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 the functionality from the CDK data table is just, you know, passing in the array, uh, having the templates to, to kind of turn that array into a view. And then everything aside from that is just me doing other stuff. So, so the, the search form up here, I think that's just a run of the mill, um, reactive form. Oh, oh, no, sorry. You, no, you said you said just now that's giving you a whole lot right out of the box. It's not like just giving oh, yeah. you stuff. It, it's a whole lot that's coming to you for not a whole lot of work. You have a very functional table without Absolutely. adding a whole lot of code. Absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the CDK data table also provide virtual scrolling support? I don't think it does. When when uh, Bonnie and I were looking at it, we that that was like one of the pieces of it. So the CDK um, offers virtual scroll, but I don't think it works with the table yet. Um, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I looked at that, so that could have been something they added. But when they first added virtual scroll, there wasn't a nice way of using that with the table. So we were kind of hacking away. What one of my other examples I might get a chance to show. I don't think we're going to get to it, but I'm doing something similar here. So I've just got a huge data set. If we if we go in and inspect, I'm going to have to blow this up for y'all. Um, inspect. So I only have a certain number of table rows I'm showing on screen. I think my my data set's like a ten thousand maybe 100,000. Um, so as I scroll, I'm going to kind of prune. <laughs> and all I'm doing here is I'm, I'm subscribing to, to the, uh, how, how far I am in terms of um, the, the scroll, <laughs> the scroll um, data that this is giving off. So every time I scroll, it's like giving me a new value, I think we can see in terms of how far I am um, so I'm doing some math to turn that into a percent. And okay. then I'm saying, based off that, here's an approximate index of where I think I'm at. I'm going to pad it. like I think I pad it like uh, 25 above and 25 below. And that's, that's kind of what gets us to where we're at here, where we're getting this kind of nice virtual scroll. Um, and that's that, an observable in acting upon the data that's being bound in the mm -hmm. um, data table. Yes. So there's, if we were to look at the code, let me see if I can bring that up. Um, that's from my other example. Let's see if I can get to this guy. I totally took you off topic and I apologize. But no, it's cool. I, I, this, I was hoping no, I could get cool this stuff. Um, here, let's do this and this. I got, I'm coming out a whole bunch of stuff. So I just say, and I'm kind of like treating this almost as a script. <laughs> so this is a lot, very hacky. But um, I think what I'm doing, so that I'm taking the scroll dispatcher. I'm subscribing to it, um, which again, I probably should be mapping it. But I say, here's my runway remaining, percent of runway consumed. 
percentage of runway. I'm doing the same thing I prescribe against. <laughs> so I'm saying, here's the percent of runway I'm at. And I just combine that with my, um, with my heroes. So in this case, it's just an array. I believe, or no, I, I do make an observable for it. And so I'm just, I believe what I'm doing is I'm just combining those, the observable of my table source combined with the the percentage I'm at. And that's how I'm just, um, that's how I'm just kind of padding it on top and below. So we only kind of pollute the DOM with enough stuff to make sure, you know, someone could reasonably scroll without, um, you know, without too much stuff. Uh, I think the the virtual scroll that the CDK provides has some nicer events coming out of it too, so you can kind of like hit an API, an external API to to ask for new data, um, which is a little bit different than this because this all assumes we have all the data before we start. So, yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> I feel like I've sprung that example entirely <laughs> with that not enough context, but do do you understand what's going on there? Absolutely, yeah. I no, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, deviating over and uh, showing that. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of really neat, interesting stuff to show here. Um, I, I'll will take us because I, I think we're about uh, wrapped up with this. Check out the check out the article and check out Jeff's uh, video if you you're more interested in this because um, it kind of gets more in depth with you know the the form control. It's just another observable here because it's a reactive form. And we're we're turning this into observable data too with our pages, and it all just kind of it's so nice because it feels like you just kind of set things up and then it just goes, and that, that's what's so neat about ArxJS. I think you, you set up your machine and if you built it right, things just kind of work, <laughs> and if, it's a really great feeling. Um, so yeah, I had to do something I had done a few years ago, uh, yeah, with a different grid uh, solution, but I basically want to re-implement it with the uh, CDK data table. Um, was basically dynamic filters based off of what column and data are there to be able to filter the data within the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful tool for doing like more custom stuff like that. I think for like getting a, something out of the box working real quick, like something like AG Grid um, is a great solution for that. But um, I feel like this just gives you so much control. And if you, if you have a good grasp of RxJS especially, it comes pretty cheap, right? Like it's, it's pretty easy to just create an observable of an array to make things nice. Um, this, is a, this is an example I got into with Bonnie a little bit. So this was an idea I had for, um, uh, so um, I, wa I watch eSports. I watch uh, League of Legends um, online. Do, do you watch too, Justin? I see you nodding. I, I don't watch League of Legends, but uh, uh, I play a lot of first-person shooters and stuff like that. So. Okay, so you watch like CSGO and stuff like that? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Apex lately. And, oh, cool. Uh, Fortnite My and stuff, yeah. My kids are really into Apex right now. Um, but yeah, um, so so the idea with this is I, I, I watch League of Legends a lot. I watch the pro circuit, the, the NA pro circuit a lot. Um, but I, I never watch them live, right? Like I, I always happen to watch, like to catch them on YouTube kind of when I have a chance, when I have an hour somewhere. Um, so I, and I'm, um, I'm really, I'm a nerd, so I really like stats. <laughs> so I want to know the stats, but I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Jeff just gave me something neat. Um, anyways, um, so what hey, I'm doing here. Jeff, we're still live. Tell him we're still live. We're still live, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me <laughs> he gave me bourbon. 
<laughs> I think it's to calm me down. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I, I kind of have this like uh, view. So on the left-hand side here, you can see the current standings. So just very simple stats, really, just wins and losses. And on the right-hand side here, I am I'm kind of uh, using NGRX to set up my store. And I am just, what, what, what happens is at the end of the day, I'm firing this action here. So the action affects user data to say, for this user, I've just, I've recorded that I've seen this uh, game now. And so what's happening is you'll see as I click hide and show, my standings on the side is automatically updating, which is um, instead of like, managing all this stuff inside the component. What's interesting about this is I'm just leveraging an RxJS store, or I'm sorry, an NGRX store. And I'm just, I've just written a custom selector for that'll take the contents of my store, distill it into this nice array of standings. And then I just kind of shove that into my data source. So if I bring up um, code, uh, where'd it go? Standings. As that's coming up, so you're able to get the um, results uh, from the individual games, so that you can update this as you watch. Is what's happening? Yeah. So, so right now, you, you kind of have to click the button to say I've watched this game or I haven't, and that's going to that's the the NGRX store is inside of the selector. It's going to look at the user data. It's going to look at all the games results it kind of has in its store. And right for, for right now, I'm just kind of assuming everything's client side. So I'm just kind of pushing a whole bunch of data into the store at startup. Um, and then I'm, so as, as I mark one of these as results, um, my selector is going to look at user data and see, you know, um, if we look at my state, my user data now has a games watched, and this is kind of like indexed by sport and by tournament, but it's watched the a game at this ID. So then inside of my games, I'm using uh, NGRX uh, entities library to, to generate all this stuff. Um, so I know from this index, and this is my ID here for, for this particular game, go ahead and make it so that... Um, uh, when when we create this this array for the standings, go ahead and add that game into it. And th this is a very simple example of getting it to work to show the standings, but we could take the same concept and apply it to more interesting stats. Like for League of Legends, it's like what champions were selected because that's a big thing, or what what items did they buy, or how much how much did one team win by, um, and that kind of stuff. So so you can see. This is kind of my standings component right here. And this is all the TypeScript I've written for this component in particular, because it's all kind of in this uh, select standings uh, selector. Um, so you can see same, same deal with the columns. I still have to specify what columns I have. And then my, if we go into the template, it looks very similar to the, this, this thing we, this example we just kind of walked through. There's my data source defining each column. And this one actually has some interesting stuff, I guess, because I want to show uh, NA if they don't have a valid win percentage, so if they haven't played any games yet. Um, and yeah, and so so you, you'll see it's, it's really nice because we kind of delegated the 
this select standings to inside of our store code, which I think is the better um, the better solution, right? Because we're we're wanting to manage our data in one place, and then it, we're kind of the, what's real neat about NGRX is it feels like we're composing this one really neat object that we just have a completely dynamic interface to how to how to react to it with our selectors and stuff. So so that's that's all we do here. If we go into select standings. Um, we can see, uh, I think it's right here, actually. Taking a while for VS Code to find it. But um, yeah, so so we're just combining a few other selectors. Um, this one's a bit custom, but it's really not that special. We're just saying, give me user data that matches this tournament or that matches the sport in this tournament. Uh, give me all of my teams. Right now, those aren't sectioned by sport or anything. Give me all of my games. And we're going to do this function to it and kind of map it and sort it. And we're going to end up with our standings array. And that's all that gets passed into our data table uh, at the end of the day. So, so it's nice because this is also reusable. If I ever want to you know, bring in the standings again, I could just bring in that select standings op, um, selector and kind of take little pieces of data from it if I wanted to, or write my own selector, or do whatever I got to do. <laughs> So it's it's really neat to see all this stuff kind of come full circle. And again, you know, we're not really talking about tables here. We're talking about just RxJS, which is really neat. I think that's one of the 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 strengths behind the API is just kind of being real simple, being real unopinionated. Uh, give me give me an observable of an array, and you know, you do whatever crazy stuff you want on top. So, yeah, it, I like it. It feels good. <laughs> I think that's probably all I got to show, Justin. If you want. Up the share. <laughs> well, Zach, I'm gonna have to blame you because now. What, what did I do? Now I want to go play with this. I, I want to yeah. not do what I'm supposed to do the rest of the day. I want to go play and <laughs> create a data table and then uh, add hey, the fancy little things that I want on top of it. Data tables are so cool. I think, <laughs> and I love, I love, like, I love the idea of ng or ag grid, um, but it just takes the fun away, doesn't it? <laughs> It takes all the fun away of building all these neat features ourselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's always a challenge, right? I mean, trying to trying to build that data table, and then you run into things, right? Um, it, it's always kind of just, I guess, what you have on your plate and what you need to accomplish, right? And the, the cool thing about the the CDK is that it, it allows you to solve those challenges that come up because it's kind of in your court and it's just doing the structure stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I think you're still sharing your your screen on your end. Okay, I gotta get you. You're stuff. writing too much code. You look just like VS Code right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me. Uh, let me. Okay, there it is. <laughs> there we go. Cool. All right. Cool. Here's the uh, here's the perfect. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can see that. <laughs> uh, end of episode success. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the 200th episode uh, it is such an honor to be on with you guys for this. Thank, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's, for sure. it's been a great episode. I think yeah. what he's going to do, Jeff, might charge you like you brought that out of a mini fridge, though. Just so, just be careful about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there might be, might be a cost, an office cost for that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. All right. Picks. If anybody has any picks, and then we'll we'll call it a wrap. Mike, do you have anything to pick today? I got one. Um, a little-known developer uh, has started a Twitch stream 
uh, and did their second uh, video coding cast of building a keyboarded uh, shortcut library uh, in Angular. And I'm, I haven't finished watching it, so no spoilers, but uh, his name's Shorty Dev, and I'll definitely uh, post the link uh, for that. But I've definitely been enjoying watching that uh, a little bit uh, off the track of where he started, and um, I'm excited to see him uh, finish the tangent that he's on, or was it? getting Jess set up as a testing library, and then uh, bringing it back to work on the actual code. So excited to finish watching that. Well, thank you, thank you. I, um, I'm probably going to pick that up again this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a little, little spoiler: I, I, I kind of solved the Jess thing offline. Well, you know. <laughs> off stream. And so we're just going to jump right into the solution. And actually, I just ended up using NX to solve it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so tune in. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for the plug. Appreciate it. Uh, having a lot of fun with that. It's pretty cool. So uh, cool. Is that your only pick? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I got yeah, I'll give one other because uh, I tweeted about this. Uh, yesterday. I think I did. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. But I uh, already got my tickets for Avengers Endgame. Super excited. But my pick is not actually the movie, but movie theaters with reserved seats. Like, is fantastic. No worrying about, like, who you're going to sit next to or you're going to be able to find seats with the people that you're going with. There's just assigned seats, and you just go, and you have this nice, comfy seat. Man. So I'm super excited, mainly for the comfortable seat. I could care less about the movie. <laughs> just kidding. I... I've I fully 100% agree. That's why I moved to the town I moved in in our area because they have a theater where you can order seats online and, and pre-order and again reserve your seats. And that is just a must. I can't even imagine going into a theater where you have to go that day and, and then go find a seat that's open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm driving about a half hour to get there, but that's all right. So you didn't... You, you're just going to see the movie. You're not going to do the marathon thing where some theaters are offering like 59 hours of all the, the movies prior to that? Saw that. Um, I heard uh, Zach mention this earlier. I know you're in the same situation. I got kids. I can't. I can't disappear for sixty <laughs> hours to go say, "Hey, I'm just gonna go watch a few movies. I'll be back in four days." <laughs> Dude, well, I got. I got a stomach to feed and like you know do other things. Like that's a long. Wow, that's that's like a long time. I don't know. I saw one article that said, hey, don't worry about it. During that marathon, you could sleep through Thor Dark World. I was like, you can't just call out that one movie. Oh, that's so bad. That's Not that I agree or disagree. Just you can't call out one specific I, I had to figure out where they found one of the Infinity Stones. I think they find it in that movie. Uh, I totally fell asleep trying to watch it. So. Uh, yeah, it was totally uh, reality show. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. All right, well. Cool. We'll see. I'm sure people will share on the internet how it experiences. So we'll we'll find out. <laughs> and um, if I could plug uh, connect a little bit, um, we're we're getting ready. I've been working on that with Narwhal um, for for my Narwhal time. So uh, we're we're working on the Connect platform, which is like this this great resource for developers and for enterprise teams to kind of uh, provide you a whole bunch of content like cookbooks and easy, quick examples and recipes on how to get stuff done, real world examples on how to get stuff done, as well as like curated content and exclusive videos, and all that mess. So um, check it out. We're, we're like launching, we're opening it up to just individual members, I think in like a month. 
So if you go to connect.narwhal.io, there's a little place to um, sign up for the waiting list. And as soon as we open that up, we'll send you an email so you can create your own account. So go do it. It's cool. Yeah, I think there's some really neat stuff in there. And hopefully I'll be able to add some stuff like the the these examples into it. So cool. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Zach. Thanks a ton for sharing your time coming on here, uh, being on our 200th episode. That's awesome. Uh, but Woo. we really appreciate you taking the time to share this content with us. And uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, Justin. thanks, guys. Yes, absolutely. But Justin, do you have any picks? I want to give you a chance to be able to share oh, yeah. if you have any. I, I see. I, I normally just do this because then, uh, like, I don't have to have a pick because I'm just asking other people for their pick, right? Uh, but I am going to pick along the same lines that uh, Aaron Frost, he's also streaming code at Frosty Dev. So that's Twitch TV slash Frosty Dev. Um, and so I'm going to plug him and his stream. He did a one on Angular Elements the other day. Um, I'm guessing he's probably going to do something again this week. So uh, yeah, check that out. So there you go. That's my pick. How's that? Thank you. I appreciate it. And actually, because of the two of you, I did at least change my username to Brocko Dev. On on Twitch, on Twitch, yes. Okay, yeah, we're trying to get that momentum going. Like, if you if you're streaming dev content, like slap that dev on the, the uh, suffix of it. It's pretty cool. All right, all right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks. We will catch everyone on the next episode later. See you guys.